Hello and welcome to the Raptors Ration Podcast for Sports Night by Maddie the Fan. I'm your host, Wayne Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors um, collect one of the most impressive wins of the season, uh, beating the Denver Nuggets by a score of 125 to 110. It was a game where the Raptors started off beautifully, got themselves off to a 20-point uh, lead very quickly. Um, the Raptors also had a franchise record 49 points in the first quarter, um, which really, really emphasized their, uh, you know, intention in this game. And even though the Nuggets started eating into it uh, slowly in, in the middle of the portion of the game where, you know, Denver won the third quarter 36 to 26. And, you know, even the start of the fourth quarter, Denver even had the lead down to as little as three points. Um, from a lead that was as big as 24 for Toronto, the Raptors were able to respond and they're able to hold on and they're able to finish really strong. I mean, like, you know, we've been talking about all these issues that the Raptors have had, you know, whether that's, you know, the bench not contributing, which to be honest, the bench was just okay today. But still, I'll take okay over what the Raptors have been doing recently. We've been talking about Pascal sort of being in a funk. We've been talking about how they've been blowing fourth quarters. You know, a lot of that stuff wasn't really a problem here tonight. In fact, I think for the Raptors, like they can be really proud of the way they played. I mean, they held serve. Yes, a team like the Nuggets are going to go on a run. They're obviously very, very talented. Jokic in the middle, um, throwing up what felt like 10 flip shots in the lane um, and just making every single one because he has such a delicate touch on those shots. Um, you know, they're going to be able to make a push at certain points. And I thought that, you know, when the Nuggets played their starters for a very, very long time in the third quarter, you know, they had to do that to sort of eat into the deficit and they were able to successfully eat into the deficit by doing so. But I do feel like they left themselves with very, very little left in the tank for the fourth quarter where the Raptors, again, just were able to flip it. And listen, it's probably the Raptors' best fourth quarter performance, um, you know, in the last at least two months. Like we actually went through this extensive history and the Raptors, you know, um, were able to finish so strong tonight. I would say, I would even put this one above that game against Memphis where Scotty hit those two baseline jumpers over uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. and then blocked his three uh, at the end there. Um, that one, the Raptors also had a strong fourth quarter, but I felt like Scotty had a strong fourth quarter. I felt like this one, the whole group, Scotty included, had a really, really good fourth quarter. And, you know, I, I think the story of tonight's game is, 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 you know, great teamwork by the Raptors. I think the passing in this one was very beautiful to watch. 29 assists for Toronto, uh, which obviously, look, listen, it, um, oh, sorry, uh, 25 assists for Toronto, 29 for Denver. Wow, they had 29 assists? Okay, that's impressive. Um, but, yeah, I feel like the Raptors' ball movement was really good. I thought, you know, lots of sequences in this game where the Raptors were able to make the next pass. And, you know, in the fourth quarter, I thought the starting group um, was always able to find that next feed. You know, there was a play where Fred ran a pick and roll with Jakob Pertl. Um, You know, Fred drew, uh, was able to turn the corner um, and then find Yak with the bounce pass in the middle of the floor. Jakob then immediately, instead of going to the basket, makes an instant read and flips it out in the short roll pass to OG in the opposite wing, and OG knocks down a three. Or Fred, with an up fake, attacks a closeout, you know, gets into the lane, draws the second defender, and then a beautiful dish to uh, Scotty in the dunker who, who, who goes in for two hands and dunks the ball. And, like, so many of those great passing sequences, the Raptors playing really well as a team. I think defensively they also organize themselves in a, in a good way. I mean, obviously Denver wasn't able to hit the three tonight, but you know, and Denver still shot 55% from the field just because of the fact that Jokic was able to get so many great looks. Um, but at the same time, I thought the Raptors were able to really, you know, slow down Jamal Murray for a guy who I know he's very determined to play well in Toronto. I know it means a lot to him to play here, um, to see him struggle like this five of 18 and also hold the ball a ton. I thought the Raptors did a really great job of sort of closing in on him. 
a lot of the times I was watching Jamal play today and I was thinking, you know, he's overdoing it. He, he's really overdoing it, right? It feels like Jokic doesn't have the ball enough and Jamal was over dribbling. But I think it's also a case of really good defense. Like I thought one play, and it's a guy who I've been ragging on, not even ragging on, just like really, really fixating on because, again, I think it's a very important part of the team. Precious had one of the defensive plays of the night for me, which was, um, you know, Jamal Murray uh, had him on a switch, tried to attack, didn't really have anything, pulled it back out, and then lifted his dribble, and he picked up the ball. And there was probably like 10 seconds left on the shot clock when this happened. Um, Precious got very up close to him, cut off all the passing angles. To be honest, the Nuggets, rest of the teammates didn't do a good enough job of getting themselves open, but still overwhelming ball pressure by Precious Achua for literally 10 seconds of the shot clock. And Jamal eventually had to turn around and just take a heave just to beat the shot clock. And it was nowhere close to going in. That's the type of defense the Raptors are able to play on Jamal today. And I think that was a huge part in slowing down Denver's um, offense. Don't forget that in the Denver, when the Raptors lost to them, you know, down the stretch, a lot of that was Jamal Murray operating the pick and roll. And of course, obviously, there was no um, Scott Foster in this game either. Um, Shouts to Tony Brothers. I, I can't believe I, I'm saying that, but he actually gave the Raptors a pretty good whistle tonight. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I, I think overall it was a great effort. But also at the same time, you need somebody to really lead the group and really galvanize the team. And I thought Fred tonight, um, I, I was blown away. This is his best performance of the season. Um, you know, obviously he's had a, a tough year and sort of that's been the, the whole um, narrative on the season. But I, I just feel like, man, they, 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 you know, Fred just made so many plays. You know, I thought he missed a couple of opportunities in the first quarter, but also at the same time, right after that, he started getting really hot. And obviously he finished the game with a game high uh, 36 points, including eight triples. But I'm just going to go through some of the plays that I thought were really, really important in terms of not just, you know, you made the play, but it's also when you made the play and sort of the impact of the plays. Right. So the Raptors are off to a good start. Denver looks really slow. And I thought really what started to really turn the first quarter into from something where it's like the Raptors are playing well to the Raptors starting to avalanche and snowball. Fred hit back to back threes, um, one from a Pascal, uh, uh, you know, post up where he kicked it out. Another one from Pascal who kicked it out. Fred hits back to back threes. Right. Um, And then uh, Fred drives in for a very difficult layup. You know, one of those classic Yabba Dabba Doo layups where, you know, they hit the the, (laughs) I feel like they always hit the drop after Fred goes in through like two guys and throws in like a spinning reverse layup or something like that. Big play. Um, Then Fred comes in at the end of the first quarter there. Quick pull up three in transition. Then he feeds Chris Boucher for a baseline uh, uh, cut for an alley-oop dunk. And then Fred... um, fakes a three and then gets the defender leaning back after and then he pulls up for three and it's just like that put the Raptors off to such a strong start and you know I I thought even when the Nuggets were sort of starting to collect themselves in the second quarter even though overall the Nuggets didn't actually score that much 26 is very regular for for the Nuggets who are a very good offense I thought they started setting themselves at the start or at the middle of the second quarter and you know Fred with an up fake gets inside the, 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 the line for um, a mid-range shot. That snapped a run where Denver had made three straight layups. Um, and then, uh, you know, the Raptors had a bad sequence where uh, Pascal doesn't swing it to Fred in the corner. He misses the read. Then Pascal misses the three. Then he takes a foul on Aaron Gordon um, to put the, ra- to the Nuggets in the bonus. And Gordon goes to the free throw line. It was sort of another stretch where it was just like, okay, it doesn't really feel like the Raptors are really that steady there. Can they completely finish... Um, the quarter off, um, but then Fred next time down gets Pascal a really nice look, 
you know, um, works the little pick and roll with him, gets the Nuggets to switch, gets Murray onto Pascal in the middle of the floor one-on-one where Pascal can really dominate against a smaller player. And Pascal, who obviously is in a struggling stretch of the season, his, his worst stretch of the season, he, he's able to get him a really open opportunity and, and Pascal's able to knock down a mid-range over Jamal Murray. During that stretch too, Pascal, uh, Fred also had a play where he had Aaron Gordon switched onto him. And Aaron Gordon's a very good defender. Like I thought Aaron Gordon did a great job of being all over Pascal, put his hands on him. It helped that they weren't really calling a lot of hand check fouls today. They were very loose on that. Um, and so, you know, uh, I thought Gordon did a really great job defending. And look, he's a good defender. Um, but Fred had him on an island, um, drove inside, had Gordon shaking, uh, leading one way. And then Fred fades back for the mid-range jumper. Uh, and then the very next trip down, Jokic tries to throw a high-low feed. And Fred jumps in as the third defender on the play, steals it from um, you know, the Nuggets and passes ahead to uh, Scotty, who was able to finish with a Euro step. So I thought, you know, he was obviously awesome in, in the second quarter. Um, in starting the third quarter, the Nuggets, you know, start to um, start to really continue to make their push. And they're trying to cut it under 20 and under 15 and under 10 and all that kind of stuff. Fred once again goes on a little stretch there where he goes in, drives in for another tough layup, goes under KCP's arm for a little scooping finish off the glass. That was a beautiful play. Then Fred with a really nice um, pass over top of the defense. You know, he's on the left side of the floor uh, and Scotty's cutting to the right side. And Fred throws a pass over the top where Scotty's able to catch it down low against Jamal Murray and finish uh, over top. Uh, a really nice play that, again, you, you probably see, for example, Jokic make a play like that where, you know, you really just cut the defense out by throwing that really nice high-low feed. Fred's able to find Scotty with that one. And then Fred, speaking of Jokic, has, uh, you know, Jokic on a switch, strings him out to the three-point line and pulls a three right in his eye. And, of course, Jokic is obviously giving him a little bit of space to, 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 to protect against the drive because Jokic is super slow. But, man, Fred just pulling that three in his eye I thought was a huge moment. Then, you know, again, I just thought the Nuggets were pretty persistent, especially in that third quarter. They were able to really get their offense going. And the Raptors didn't really have an answer a lot of the times. Right? For example, Pascal gets stuck. Aaron Gordon really is able to uh, force him to pick up the dribble with some really good ball pressure. And then Pascal in t- in just insists on pulling up for the mid-range rather than swinging it out and maybe potentially doing something else with the play. Misses the mid-range. Jamal Murray comes back the other way, pulls up for three. And, um, you know, Nick Nurse has to call a timeout. This is the second timeout Nick has had to call in the uh, third quarter as Denver really started to get going. The lead was down to 12. I felt like there was definitely a little bit of nervousness in the building. And the first play coming out of that timeout, Fred with an and one drive around Aaron Gordon, scooping for the, the, the finish while falling over. Um, and that was just another play, again, just to keep the Nuggets at bay. Now, the Nuggets continue to really make a push. You know, Jamar Murray hits a transition three, then Jokic gets in for a layup, then Jokic gets fouled, going to the basket. Then Michael Porter Jr. walks to a layup around Boucher, then Jokic with a high-low pass to MPJ. Again, Boucher fell asleep there. The lead was down to five points. However, uh, a really big play by Fred where he steals the ball. He just, like, picks Bruce Brown, who was trying to bring the ball up. Fred just picks him in the open floor, um, wins the loose ball, and then throws it ahead to Scotty for an and-one finish. That pushed the lead from five points up to eight. And um, the Raptors were at least able to go and into the fourth quarter with a six-point lead. And listen, it was very nervous. Trust me, man. I was very, very nervous, all right? Um, you know, at the start of the fourth quarter, uh, again, you needed Pascal and Gary to be good for you in terms of the scoring in that group. Um, you did have Yak and you did have uh, uh, you, you, you did have Scotty also to sort of help study the offense. But it felt like most of the shots were leading towards Pascal. And, you know, again, he got stuck in the mid range, took a bad shot. Then Gary, the Raptors got the offensive rebound, <laughs> swings it up to Gary. Gary forces up a contested three, misses it. 
you know, and it's it's tough. Meanwhile, Gordon comes back the other way and, and bullies Pascal on a drive going to the rim where he tucks the ball under and then just, like, Pascal tries to reach in and, and literally Gordon steps through him and it looks like an NFL play almost where Pascal just got bodied on the play. And it is a foul on Pascal, by the way. You can't reach in like that. So, you know, it just didn't really feel uh, that secure. Um, luckily, you know, you were able to get a couple of extra baskets here or there. Um, I thought, uh, you know, there was a play where... Uh, Will Barton um, had it on the perimeter, dumped it off to Yak in the post, and then Barton instinctively made a cut through the lane. Probably that's just me- muscle memory from playing with Jokic for so many years. And then Yak actually fed him with a Jokic-esque give-and-go instant bounce pass back to Will Barton, who cut inside for the score. Um, really nice play. And especially, it's very, it's very nice to watch that type of passing, especially against a team like Denver, obviously with one of the best passers in the league. Um and Pascal was able to settle in when he was able to post switch ups or switches, post up against switches. Like he was able to, you know, uh, get in the post against, you know, uh, Christian Braun or he's able to get in the post against Jamal Murray. And he had his best success in those kind of lineups. So he had a couple of plays in the fourth where he had a spin move and one around Murray. He had um, that post up over uh, Brown. But again, like, you know, it, 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 the Nuggets were right there and, and you're, you're never that comfortable. Like they had to lead down to three points and, and you know, you just you just worry like, man, are the Raptors actually going to blow this, right? Because we've seen the Raptors blow a lot of uh, sequences, um, including the last time the Raptors played against Denver. The Raptors were up a lot in that game. We're holding steady. And then all of a sudden, boom, the fourth quarter comes and the Raptors end up losing the game. And we're all sort of left sad and confused. It felt like that same script was about to play out in this one as well. But again, the Raptors were able to sub in and and they were able to really sort of um, uh, switch on their motor. And I think that really came back with Fred subbing in. Um, with eight minutes and 30 seconds left. So he didn't really sit very long at all to, uh, to, to between the third quarter where he played the entire third quarter, then sat for two minutes, 30 seconds, comes right back in the game. And literally within like the first five seconds of checking back into the game, Fred catches and shoots for three um, to sort of continue to push uh, the lead up for Toronto and sort of protect it. You know, Fred then with the pick and roll with Yak, which Yak makes the extra pass to OG for three. And then at the very end there, Fred, a deep catch and shoot three, um, that cut it to, that that pushed the lead up to 15, and then uh, after Nugget score, Fred you know breaks down the whole defense and dumps off to Scotty. So I just think look, Fred made a whole bunch of huge momentum shifting plays to sort of not only preserve the lead but push up the lead and also close it out in the end. However, I think there's just so many great plays made by the team overall. I thought first off, um, Jakoproto, I thought his uh, calming presence in the fourth quarter was just so huge. Just so, so huge. And, you know, it actually, the fourth quarter got off to a shaky start for Yak because he had made a really nice cut through the lane and Scotty found him with a really good pass. And Yak, instead of flushing it, tried to go in for a reverse layup and he actually got blocked out of the rim by Aaron Gordon. The Nuggets went the other way and scored. And I was thinking like, man, a center getting blocked in that kind of scenario. Like, like I understand Yak is, um, is all about the, the, the nice finesse and he takes great angles and he's got great touch and he plays that, you know, again, he's usually very good at finishing around the basket. So I'm not going to say he's, he, he took, you know, a bad approach because overall his approach is good, but it was kind of disheartening where it's like, okay, you're, you're seeing your lead evaporate. You're, you can't really settle in. And then all of a sudden you have a layup blocked by your center, um, you know, from your center. It's just uh, it's tough. But then again, I thought he really, really settled in. That give and go with Will Barton was was really nice. I, I like the fact that the Raptors are giving the ball to um, Yak uh, when they get stuck in their offense. It really allows other guys to sort of cut um, if, if sort of they're, they're facing a lot of pressure. Um, you know, you can back cut and, and there's an advantage there. And obviously a really good passer by Yak who can find sequences. There's also another play where, you know, very similar where the Raptors didn't have much going in their original action. 
dumped it off to Yak in the middle of the floor. Um, I think Jokic was, yeah, Jokic was the one guarding him, um, played him in a drop, even though uh, Yak was in the free throw line area, the elbow. And um, Yak kind of realized, okay, the first two passes aren't there. He went into a quick little Euro step move, engaged um, Jokic in the lane. And what that did was that opened up the dump off pass where Yak, I think, was able to finish or uh, fin- uh, dump it off to OG. Uh, who was in the dunker finishing the shot. Like, th- those kind of sequences, I thought Yak did a great job of set it, studying the offense. Um, that extra pass to OG for three was also huge. But also, I thought I loved Yaka's defense, um, which, you know, is another big part of his game. Like, uh, there's a play where Jamal Murray, this is while Jokic was sitting, the Nuggets did a great job of staggering Jamal Murray and, uh, and Nikola Jokic um, so that they had offensive creators at all times. But without Jokic on the floor and Murray's on the floor, he has to work pick and roll with somebody because he's primarily a pick-and-roll player. Um, so he gets the pick-and-roll with Aaron Gordon. Murray drives in the um, and, and throws the bounce pass to Gordon in the middle of the floor, and Gordon's pretty athletic. He's about to go finish, probably a layup, maybe even a dunk, and Yak comes out of nowhere and blocks him. Um, you know, the Raptors were able to go back the other way, and, and, and that was a huge play. Pascal was able to finish um, a spin move through the foul, missed the extra and one shot, but I thought Scotty did a great job of hustling down the rebound. Um, that drew a loose ball foul on Jeff Green, uh, and that created an extra possession. What the Raptors got in the extra possession was they got the ball to Yak in the uh, in the elbow, and they got a, a back screen for OG cutting back door, and Yak threw him a great lob for OG to dunk it. Like again, like so many plays where I thought Yak was such a steadying presence, right? Um, another play where Yak is holding at the top of the floor is absorbing the pressure. Um, the, the Nuggets tried to jump all, all over him to get the steal. He, he withstands that pressure, swings it to, uh, to Fred, um, who uh, hits it right back to, for, to Jakob, who sort of, he has a really good knack for sort of tiptoeing his way through um, traffic for, for finishes. Like a lot of times it feels like the paint is congested and honestly, most defenders are playing off of Jakob because he's not going to shoot it. Um, but at the same time, I think Jakob has such a good game plan for when where he is on the floor when he's going to catch the ball and what are the two steps that he's going to do to finish sometimes he throws in a little up fake beforehand too there's a big discussion there great questions from uh, lewis zatzman to nick nurse in the pregame about this specific topic about what what makes yak such a good finisher and you know you saw uh, some of that twinkle toes type of finish there where where yak was able to go calmly to the basket and finish uh, layups um and then I thought, yeah, you know, again, just even when the Raptors, for me, already had the game won, I thought the Nuggets were calling timeout when they were down 15 with like two minutes left to just empty out the bench. But instead, they come out with their starters and, you know, Jamal Murray tries to attack and he gets uh, tied up. I, th- I think someone on the Raptors, not Jakob, jars the ball loose. But while Jamal's on the floor, it's Jakob who dives on him and forces the jump ball. And of course, it's like, you have a point guard jumping off against the center. And, of course, Yak wins the jump ball, wins the tip to Pascal, wrapped his key possession, and then Pascal drives it and gets it back to Yak for a layup. And, man, it's just – I thought Yak's presence in the fourth was awesome, but I love the hustle plays. Uh, you know, Gary stealing a pass, uh, just picking a pass off. A lazy pass by the Nuggets, but still really good awareness by Gary and then takes it in for the transition dunk. That's always a big momentum-shifting type of play. Um you know, you had, uh, you know, Yak blocking Gordon. You had Yak winning the loose balls. You had Scotty chasing the loose balls, drawing the offensive fouls. Like, those kind of plays is just you need those if you want to show a real aptitude towards winning. And um, I thought the Raptors were able to do that tonight. The focus was was awesome. 
Um, you know, I think what I realized over the course of this game was like I felt like the Raptors were pretty locked in and focused and they were taking good shots. And um, obviously things were going well, especially when they scored 49 in the first quarter. And yet the, Rap- the Nuggets were still scoring in transition. And what I realized is just like, man, it's one of those instances where, yes, we focus so much on the Raptors, but we got to give the opposing team credit. Like they did such a good job of, of playing in transition, the Nuggets did, where they were able to flare out for threes or they were able to get, you know, running starts for other guys and. They just do a really great job of getting on transition. So you can't even blame them for the fact that they were able to, you know, score so often in those scenarios. It's not just, you know, poor transition defense sometimes. It's also just really good transition offense. Um, so I, I think Denver was able to get free. But, you know, overall, I thought the focus was there. And even when guys had tough nights, right, I thought Pascal had a tough night until he really came on strong. Uh, well, not strong, but he, he finished a, a more like himself in the fourth quarter where he was able to get a couple of post-ups to go and, made a couple of extra passes here or there. And, 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 you know, again, it wasn't like a standout Pascal uh, Siakam performance. He only had 12 points, only went to the free throw line one time, missed the free throw as well, all three from the three-point line. But, you know, I thought he calmed himself down in the fourth quarter. I thought, you know, Jakob obviously coming on strong in the fourth. I mean, the fact that he only took 20 or he only, he only took six shots all game, but he gives you 12 points, 11 rebounds, five assists, a steal, two blocks, and uh, plus 30 in 27 minutes. It really just tells you, the type of focus and mentality he's in the game for. He's just there to play up with other guys and do the right thing. And I love seeing Yak play. I mean, the fourth quarter, again, I described so many of those instances where he was very um, important on both sides of the floor. And then, yeah, I thought the rest of the team, I mean, like Scotty and OG are in a really, really good space right now. Obviously, they came off that strong performance against uh, the Lakers where both of them had 30. Um, and look, that's not going to happen all the time, right? They're not featured in the offense to that degree. And also, to be honest, they're not the type of scorers right now where they're just able to give you 30. They don't even have that type of mentality just yet. But at the same time, I like the fact that they're able to play me, right? You're seeing them get easy opportunities, whether that's Scotty, you know, running the fast break or Scotty, you know, running the half court offense and being a good decision maker. I thought, you know, he, the Raptors scoring 49 in the first quarter, I thought Scotty was the Raptors. Um, best player in the first quarter. Just him and Fred were actually very, very close for me. They both started really well. I love seeing Scotty continue to attack against these mismatches where, you know, if, you know, there's so much switching nowadays, there's so much cross-matching, you know, he's going to see a lot of guards on him, right? And he has a size advantage against most guards in the league, if not all guards in the league. I don't know that many guards who are 6'7", 6'8", right? And so when he has Jamal Murray, attack Jamal Murray. When he has Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Call your own number and attack and put pressure in and get into that mid-range. Show that you're willing to take that little short jumper. Not even just mid-range. I'm talking about like maybe like long paint jumpers, right? Like just like um, anywhere in that sort of like um, just restricted area, extended, um, you know, where he's able to fade. And before the help comes to him at the basket, um, spin away from, um, you know, the opposing. Again, essentially just do what Pascal does. And, you know, I thought. Scotty did a great job of identifying a lot of those opportunities early on, really established himself as a scoring threat. And listen, the rest of the game become very easy for him. And I thought, you know, he also gave a great effort on defense. You're talking about who, you know, held Jamal Murray to such a, a, a poor shooting night, 14 points on 5 of 18 shooting. Scotty was the primary defender on Jamal Murray, right? And, and it was huge to see him sort of pressure him and, and give that kind of great effort. Um, I thought his two-way production was great. And, of course, OG, his game was to to harass Jokic. And, listen, Jokic shot <laughs> he t- shot the ball 13 times and he already had 28 points. Like, that's just absurd efficiency, which is what we have expected to from Jokic ever since he came into the league, basically. 
But, I mean, at the same time, I still like the idea of how much the Raptors are able to limit Jokic's touches. If you tell me he only shoots the ball 13 times and only goes to the free throw line eight times, like, and he has four turnovers with seven assists, like, I just feel like that, obviously 28 points, eight rebounds, seven assists on 10 of 13 shooting and perfect eight of eight from the free throw line is a phenomenal night for, like, 99% of the league. Um, but for Jokic and the standards that he set this season, I thought OG definitely did limit his impact in the game. For In terms of the adjustments, I was going to be very curious to see how Denver was going to respond because obviously Jokic had a really quiet night. He's been going, he's been very quiet recently anyway um, in some of these games, kind of uncharacteristically so. But especially coming off of last week where, where uh, OG was able to lock in on Jokic and even though the Raptors ended up losing that game, I thought Jokic was definitely held very quiet. Again, he only had eight field goal attempts in that one. This one, I thought the Nuggets did a better job of screening for Jokic off the ball and getting Jokic curling to the basket. And Jokic just did a great job of just going quickly, like not holding and trying to assess the play. And he lets that happen so often because he's looking for the for the pass. I love seeing Jokic tonight make that uh, adjustment and, and go hard towards the basket, go quick, and before the Raptors can really load up and really organize everything around him. And that's how he got going. A lot of those were in the fourth quarter and the third quarter as well. Um, but overall, I thought OG was able to match him, right? I mean, like you, you, I mean, yes, 28 points on 13 shots is efficient. Well, 24 points on 14 shots for OG on the other side, pretty damn good. And if you tell me OG can sort of almost match Jokic's scoring and efficiency, I mean, you're you're off to a really great start, right? And I think OG recently, what's been interesting for me watching it is like he's been able to sort of take it himself and score a couple more times and pretty decently. Uh, in terms of the efficiency, right? A couple of times he was able to drive into the mid-range and pull up. There's a play where he looked off Fred and he took it himself and scored. You know, there's a couple of plays where he's able to play within the team. Obviously, the cuts back door, you know, the, the alley-oop off the set play on the sideline out of bounds was a really nice one to see where Yak fed him for the alley-oop, but also the catch-and-shoot threes. You know, I, I like his confidence there. I mean, he's a very good three-point shooter, and every time he, you know, misses open looks, you know, for me, I'm just like, I'm just happy for him to sort of continue to take those because, he is so important for the Raptors offense because he is oftentimes that outlet. And, um, and of course, yeah, you also had, you know, the, there's a clear like two man game between him and Scotty. They definitely look for each other a lot. Um, and I think it's, I think it's, it's good. Really. It's another sort of way for the Raptors to generate offense. You know, if you have Pascal sort of, you know, generating offense on his own and, Fred and Yak working the pick and roll or Fred and Siakam have their little two-man game. If Scotty and OG have their own two-man game as well, like all of a sudden you have different ways to attack and you can avoid certain defenders or if some somebody's off, you can really sort of reshift your offense in a different direction. They did a great job. And listen, the bench just did enough. Like I'm not expecting the world out of the bench. In fact, I'm actually expecting just like the minimum out of that bench, right? Because they have been poor. And I didn't think the bench like played a phenomenal game tonight either. Even when you look at the plus minuses, for example, Everyone off the bench was a minus, right? Minus two for Chris, minus 13 for uh, Precious, minus six for Will Barton, minus two for Christian, minus two for Malachi. Those two guys only played one minute each in garbage time. Minus five for Gary. So it's not like they were able to definitively win their minutes. And it's not like they were playing against the best bench in the world either. Like Denver's bench, um, you know, very different from the last time the Raptors played them. Didn't play Reggie Jackson today. He was a big part of um, Denver's bench when we saw them last time last week. Um, You saw more Christian Brown. Um, You saw... Um, you know, Thomas Bryant out there, although I thought he was really disappointing for them. You know, Jeff Green, you know, uh, Bruce Brown, these guys are guys that have been in the rotation consistently. But, like, I just need something decent, right? I need Gary to, like, you know, draw a three-point foul on a pull-up shot and get himself to the foul line for five free throws. 
Um, I, I need to see Gary get into the mid-range for some tough mid-range shots. And listen, those aren't the most high percentage shots, but at the same time, Gary's able to make those, right? I need to see Precious come in and, and successfully screen. After I, I watched, you know, back some of the tape from the LA games in particular, I'm just like, yo, he's not even connecting on screens, man. Like, at minimum, like, you got to like, hammer the basics, right? That That is, like, the basics. Screening is is among the basics uh, for the sport of basketball. And to see Precious come in there and, and connect on screens, get his guys open, and look, it's it's not like, okay, he screens and now he's like, now the Raptors are going to score guaranteed. But at least they, he was able to hit those basics and the offense ran okay around him. You know, he was able to, you know, uh, go in for a couple offensive rebounds. He, uh, he was confident in, in attacking his for his looks. He even got fouled on a mid-range pull-up from behind by Jokic, which I don't know what, I mean, Jokic's defense is not actually that bad. But then again, I haven't seen Precious Achua ever fouled on a mid-range pull-up. Um, most people just let him have that. But, you know, still... Uh, that was, you know, that's one of his uh, two scoring sequences for for Precious, who had four points, all on foul shots. Chris was able to sort of play off the energy of other guys and, and feed on, like, putbacks or, you know, alley-oops and stuff like that. We, we know how Chris plays. Like, and then Will Barton, you know, the interesting thing is, so Nick was talking about at practice the other day, like, okay, I see Will as my backup point guard, which obviously makes sense based on the way he's playing the, the lineups, right? Because Chris and Precious are in the front court. Um and then uh, Will is uh, in, in the bench unit with, with Gary. And between the two of those, Will is definitely more of a point guard. However, the Raptors often also play those lineups where, you know, Scotty's in that group or Fred's in that group or Pascal's in that group, and they sort of control the offense to a large degree when they're in the game. So it doesn't really feel to me like Will is actually their point guard in the sense that he's bringing the ball up and calling out the play and all that kind of stuff. Doesn't feel to me they have any like that many plays for Will. Like he kind of just like is lost in the rhythm of the game, and he doesn't really impact it to that degree. Um, and and I, that wouldn't I guess that wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the world, given that he just got traded here. But at the same time, like I feel like the Raptors don't even have that many sets to get him going or even get the team going through Will. At the same time, though, I, I've been enjoying seeing Will bring whatever he can to the game. Like I thought tonight. Two possessions in a row, switched on a Jamal Murray, forced him into some really, really tough shots, cut him off. I'm sure they probably played one-on-one against each other in practice countless times. Um, you know, uh, Will was obviously a very beloved teammate in Denver. I saw him giving a lot of hugs before and after the game. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I'm just enjoying that. Like, again, that's, that's the attitude all the guys should take. Like, yes, maybe the plays aren't necessarily called for you or maybe this, you know, the night's not going your way, but bring what you can to the table and try to compete. And I, I've been enjoying Will's professionalism on that front too, because it's not the only game that I've been pre- pleasantly surprised by his defense. That certainly wasn't something that was, you know, highlighted in the scouting report for him. But, you know, in light of the fact that he hasn't been as offensively involved as his reputation has been, um, at least bring it on the defensive end. And I thought Will did that. So, I mean, there's other things you could do. I think you can maybe explore sort of running more things through Will or at least like giving him more stuff to run. But at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm happy with that effort. Um, so overall, great game. Um, you know, oh, Red Panda was here at halftime too. Elite performance. You know, I saw Michelle Yeoh win an Oscar today or this weekend. And then I saw Red Panda come in, you know, Asian moms up a thousand right now. Um, very, very proud of them. Definitely going to call my mom as well. And um, yeah, man, it's just Red Panda is just the greatest halftime act um, in the NBA. Um you know, this is our only appearance at Scotiabank, I think, this season. But, you know, it's always a pleasure. I mean, she was able to successfully kick those five bowls on top of her head, which is just, I don't know, man. Everyone who knows Red Panda and obviously everyone who's an NBA fan has seen the act. 
but seeing it in person and seeing the anticipation and listening to that music in a loop in the background, like it really does get you super hype and, uh, you know, just overall great vibes, man. Also has started the day with some, uh, with three wins on the Scotiabank court as well. So saw a lot of wins on, on, in this building today. And uh, it has been a very long day in this building, but a very happy one. So, uh, to wrap up the pod, your three stars from tonight's performance, first star is Fred Van Vliet, 36 points, three rebounds, seven assists, three steals, eight threes, 13 to 22 shooting best game of the season for him. Phenomenal. Second star for me is going to go to uh, Yak, 20, or 12 points, eight, uh, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal, 2 blocks. I thought he came on super strong in the fourth quarter. 5 of 6 from the field, 2 of 2 from the free throw line. And then your third star, hard to choose between OJ Anobi and Scotty Barnes, but I think I'm going to go with Scotty. I, I really liked watching the way he attacked this game. OJ is a very good case for this as well, but 18 points, 7 rebounds, uh, including 4 offensive for Scotty to lead the Raptors. Raptors, by the way, 14 to 4 offensive rebounding possession advantage. Uh, five assists for Scotty, a steal, plus 24, a 50% shooting. I'm loving the approach from Scotty Barnes recently, man. I mean, not recently, just overall. Like, it's, it's looking really, really good. And, and he's starting to hit another level, too, which is beautiful to see. Uh, your Joe Henderson Award winner, that's uh, it's going to go to Michael Porter Jr., I guess. I mean, he had a lot of threes. A lot of those were really tough. There was one where he, like, sidestepped super deep in the corner. Precious was right up on him, and he still nailed it. After he nailed a 30-foot walk-up three, like, he's freaky with the, with the size and the way he's able to shoot. But ultimately, that wasn't enough for Denver. So great win. Um, and uh, look forward to recapping uh, more details of this game in tomorrow's episode of The Raptor Show. We'll be back on YouTube and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Great review. Subscribe. And, uh, okay, this is a great win.